Get inside the game from every angle. It's Rugby Direct with Elliot Smith, powered by Newstalk ZB. Welcome to Rugby Direct, Newstalk ZB's rugby podcast. My name is Elliot Smith. I am Newstalk ZB's All Blacks commentator. And on this edition of the podcast, gee, there is so much to get stuck into rugby-wise. The All Blacks just taking a break, uh, sun themselves up uh, in Australia on the uh, Sunshine Coast. They're back into training this week, but we're going to focus on domestic rugby this week. The Bunnings NPC, the Bunnings Farah Palmer Cup came to a conclusion as well. That's our focus on the podcast today. Joining us very shortly is rugby commentator for us here at Gold AM, News Talk ZB, iHeartRadio. Malcolm Jordan joins us to discuss the Hawks Bay Ranfurly Shield Challenge and what the Magpies have been able to do, repelling challenge after challenge. Malcolm joins us to discuss everything going on in the NPC and who's standing out for him in the Magpies team that he called the other day and why they've been able to defend the Shield so successfully. Malcolm with us in just a few moments. We also took a look at the uh, changes announced by New Zealand Rugby to the NPC today. We're going to get the full season played out, uh, finals and semi-finals, but there'll be no promotion relegation. Malcolm's thoughts on that in just a few moments. We chat to a winning coach as well before the podcast is out. James Semple, the head coach of the Waikato women's team who won the Farah Palmer Cup at the weekend. They went so close last year. So, so close last year. Couldn't have gone any closer. They basically only conceded a try in added time against Canterbury and Christchurch. Well, this year, they exact their revenge over the four-time champions. James Semple joins us to discuss the win over the weekend and where he sees his team going and his coaching career playing out. I'm sure you'll enjoy that chat with James Semple as we get into it on Rugby Direct. Malcolm Jordan with us. This is Rugby Direct, a podcast for real rugby fans. In he goes. Smacks it towards the uprights. So much height on the ball. Oh, between the uprights. It goes. Penalty goal. Hawks Bay. They lead by 34 to 22. That is game set and match. Taranaki will win this match here at Forsyth Bar. It is all over. Taranaki win 30 to 23. 38 27. And Manawa 2 winners this afternoon over Southland. Rugby Direct uh, talking the Bunnings NPC, which has been constantly changing, constantly evolving this year. We heard last week that the Auckland sides won't be rejoining the competition. Now we've got the news that they've retooled the rest of the format for the uh, the year, and we're going to have some friendlies throughout the rest of the season. The Auckland teams from here on inwards will be awarded two points, so they'll get some points even though they're not playing. The teams that were due to play them will also get two points. So it's all very complicated, but we will have semi-finals and finals in no division in both divisions, but no promotion relegation. Joining me to discuss everything NPC is another one of our rugby commentators, Malcolm Jordan. Malcolm, thanks for your time on Rugby Direct. That's a pleasure, Elliot. And I think the rugby union did the only thing they could do. And I think it's a very sensible plan that they have laid out for the rest of what, through probably till Mm. the end of November to get everybody playing rugby that can actually take the field at the moment. And I think it's a a very good plan they've come up with. I don't envy uh, Steve Lancaster and everyone at New Zealand Rugby Union doing all the um, decisions around who, who is moving out of the provinces and, and redrawing the um, the schedule for the rest of the year. But they've managed to do it, and uh, we're looking forward to rugby, and you can hear it all, of course, on Gold AM and iHeartRadio this week. Malcolm, you had the commentary for the Hawks Bay-Tasman Ranfurly Shield match in Napier. Look, I thought Tasman were going to go up there and take the Shield, perhaps even relatively comfortably. But, heck, I was proven completely wrong. Uh, that was a magnificent performance from the Magpies once again. 
It was an absolutely stunning performance. And I think uh, Mark Osich and uh, Ash Dixon, coach and captain of that uh, Magpies team, a lot of the kudos has to go to them. And yeah, absolutely, they surprised everybody, Hawks Bay. They were not favoured at the TAB. Tasman were. Tasman are the uh, reigning champions, 2019 and 20. And it was fascinating, wasn't it, what Ash Dixon said at the end of that game, that they have been wanting to play the top dog for the last two years. They haven't lost at McLean Park for two years, and the last team to beat them at McLean Park in Napier was, said Tasman. Well, Tasman have since gone on to win two championships, and Dixon made the point of saying they didn't get to play them last year, and they've always wanted to play the top dog. They knew that they had it in them to topple the top dog, and man, did they do that in style the other night. And and Osich, I mean, he came into the coaching realm in 2018 with Hawks Bay. They got to third place on the ladder and, and a one-point semi-final loss away to Otago. That was 2018. The following year, that improved to second spot and a five-point defeat in the final away to Bay of Plenty. Then last year, with the shield tucked under their wing, the Magpies uh, topped the ladder and went on to beat Northland in the final to earn promotion. So they now not only have the Ranfurly shield and they've successfully defended it eight occasions now, last year and then through this year, but they are also now currently atop the Premiership. Now, what more could you ask of a team to achieve in the last two years than what I have just outlined? And Osich is going to be a massive loss. He's off to the Western Force at the end of this uh, Hawke's Bay campaign. He's going to be the Western Force's attack coach. And Ant Strawn talked very highly of him. I think he came through initially the Auckland Schools Mm. uh, system with First 15 rugby Mark Osich. And he's obviously tremendous. I mean, he's he's a good technique coach, but more importantly, I guess he's also a great man manager. Talk to any of those uh, Hawks Bay players and they will talk glowingly of one Mark Osich and he's going to be a massive loss not only to Hawks Bay but also to New Zealand rugby. For the time being he's going offshore and Ash Dixon another loss for Hawks Bay you know going up to Japan. Those two uh, you know the success of Hawks Bay has got to be put down to them. I mean Ash Dixon is one of my favourite players running around in domestic rugby at the moment and it's yes it's very sad that he never got to wear a black jersey but he's a tremendous guy great family man and and so much mana and just a great leader for that uh, Hawks Bay team they are without doubt the most improved side in New Zealand rugby in the last few years and those two have a big part to play in that yeah look uh, Hawks Bay are going to have to do some rebuilding without those two next year what's impressed me about Hawks Bay this year is that Falao Fakatava was so central to their plans last year he was right up there in the, the Dwayne Monkley medal and everything like that and uh, uh, he's out injured this year for the Highlanders campaign. Yet in comes Eddie Inari, who has not had many opportunities for the Crusaders or Canterbury down south. He's been behind Mitchell Drummond and Bryn Hall for the Crusaders and just really struggling for game time. But with Fakatava out, they've signed him this season and he is slotted in superbly well. Oh, absolutely. And that's one of an, another of the big success stories. They've recruited really well. And man, they're a strong outfit, mm. both off starting 15 and the bench. And they don't have a second halfback at the moment. I mean, Fakatava, as you mentioned, is a long-term 
injury. So is Connor McLeod. I mean, that was their two halfbacks. Mm. Both lost for the season. They don't operate with a halfback on the bench. So McClutchy, you noticed, came into halfback when Inari eventually went off, I think, with inside the last uh, 10 minutes mm. of the game. Uh, McClutchy went into halfback. Did you see the look on McClutchy's face <laughs> when he suddenly realised that this plan, which he knew was going to happen if Inari went off, not because he was injured, and it was a big call, wasn't it, from Osic to actually take Inari off because Inari and McClutchy, that 9 and 10, they orchestrated that game, whereas Tasman fell down. Yes. Uh, Gruby and, and Hunt didn't quite have the best of days, but Inari and McClutchy, they orchestrated that Hawks Bay team beautifully and they ran the team wonderfully well. And they also didn't have a lock on the bench either with Flanders having to, I think, going into yes. to lock for uh, the four or the five. <sighs> Look, I could rave forever <laughs> about what this Hawks Bay team achieved. I mean, defensively, they were magnificent. Two really critical breakdown turnovers in that game um, by Cridge and Parsons. The lock forwards, those big, tall, nearly two-metre guys getting down and and creating those turnover at breakdown time. Uh, they were magnificent defensively, but but let's face it, the opening 30 minutes when they totally blitzed Tasman, yep. set Tasman on the back foot, they were shell-shocked. And they actually did incredibly well to go into the Sheds 24-19 at halftime. And I guess that's a credit to Hunt. Every time they got into the 22, they took the points. So what was it, Elliot? Five tries yes. to one. And for Tasman, it was five penalty goals to one kicked by Hawks Bay. So the tries won out on the day. They did, and for all the attacking flair that um, Tasman's got, they just weren't able to, to find a way through. The other game I want to concentrate on is Manawa 2 versus Southland because we, we talked about Eddie Anadi and how he slotted him for Hawks Bay, but... We've had one game of Aaron Smith playing against Otago the week before. He was magnificent. He is so, so good. I thought with Aaron Smith out, Southland are a shot here, and for the first half they were, but credit to Manawa too. And Brett Cameron, who has been a player that's been a wee bit maligned, he played that one test for um, the All Blacks in 2018, hasn't been able to get any game time for the Crusaders, heading to Japan uh, in the off-season. He's gone home to Manawa too, and in his home province, and he has been superb this year, and, and, and he got them back into the game, uh, along with a couple of other players. But um, Manawatu are looking really, really good as well in the championship side of things. It just emphasises the import- importance of the 9 and the 10. And if I just go back to that Hawks Brigade game, Inari's box kicking was way better than Gruby's, and they made mileage out of that and, and did really well. And, you know, bringing Brett Cameron into the Manawatu region, well, that's a masterstroke. Mm. I mean, they've lacked that really good first 5-8, again, to lead the team around the park, and you, you can't overemphasise how crucial that is. And yes, they've got Aaron Smith and I think Manawatu are the real deal. And here we'll, we'll have a what? Uh, a Taranaki Manawatu final, yeah. I, I would suggest, come the end. I mean, they're way out in front, I think, of the championship and they're looking a really good outfit. To Southland's credit, I, I just love the way they came back at their home ground in Rugby Park after that first half demolition of, by Tasman against Southland last uh, last weekend in Blenheim. I mean, that was a horrid first 40 minutes from Southland. They couldn't <laughs> do one single thing right. And as the assistant coach said at halftime, we've got to get pride back into this jersey and real quick. And they did that in the second half, yep. and they did really well, and the score was, was kept a bit closer in the second half. And then they went back to Invercargill, and they ran Manawatu really close in that game. And the fact that they took Canterbury to extra, 
extra time the week before. I'm glad Southland have got the backbone and they, they managed to refind it in that game against Manawatu, a team that I do, as you say, rate really well, and they will be there at the business end of the season. We haven't talked much about Taranaki, but they'll be um, annoyed perhaps at the news um, that there'll be no uh, promotion relegation along with Manawatu into the Premiership next year. Look, it was the only decision that New Zealand rugby could make. It's completely impossible with the, the hurdles they've got with Harbour, with Counties, with Auckland all being ruled out. You couldn't do promotion relegation. We touched on it at the start of our chat, but they've managed to keep the comp going and that is the main thing. Yep. And we're going to have um, a couple more extra games. There's some friendlies to, to, to enjoy over the next few weeks, but I think New Zealand rugby deserves a bit of credit for, for keeping this roadshow going over the last few weeks and, and keeping it going right, fingers crossed, to the end. Yeah, well, it's really important, isn't it, for radio commentators and Sky TV <laughs> to have as much rugby as we can to enjoy. And the All Blacks, of course, will be back in action shortly. But um, really good format that the NZRU have come out with for the rest of the year. Friendlies, I'm not quite sure how teams might react to having to play a friendly mm. with nothing on it. Um, they might rather have the bye. I mean, look how well that worked for Hawke's Bay. Yeah, they had up. the bye. They were fresh. They got three or four injured players, niggles, uh, back 100%. And those players made all the difference to their win over uh, over Tasman on the weekend. So, you know, the teams may prefer to have a bye and just rest up so that they can achieve, uh, whether they're in the Premiership or the Championship, come the end of the season. So I'm not quite sure about the friendlies, <laughs> but, yeah, two points, had to, I think, is a good idea to dish out for those games that would have been against Auckland teams and no promotion relegation because it's it's uneven now with the Auckland teams not in there so that's just not fair but but the rest of it is pretty good but I, I just wonder what they might think about uh, having to play the friendlies but to end Elliot I mean Hawks Bay I go back to them because <laughs> they, they, they so impressed me on the weekend and what they've achieved in the last two years unbeaten at McLean Park they have the Ranfurly Shield for the summer now. They've locked it away. They've done brilliantly well. And so Dash Dixon can go to Japan knowing that he has got the Ranfilly Shield locked away and they will now set out to achieve, having been promoted just last year, they're at the top of the Premiership and Elliot, there is no reason why they cannot win the title and take it off Tasman. They do have one more, I was going to say, they do actually have a, look, Waikato. And that draw that released this morning. <gasps> right. Yes. I haven't caught up yes, with that so yet. It's just Waikato. hot off the press, yes, isn't it? Yes, Because Waikato and North Harbour missed out on challenges earlier in the season, mm-hmm. didn't they? Yeah. Right. So Sorry. with the new schedule, they've got Waikato. Well, see, Waikato have been a bit hot and cold, haven't they? They've mm. been sensational at times and not so good at other times. So, oh, man, Hawks Bay, Magpies. Watch out Black Canterbury this week. Watch Woo. out Canterbury. <laughs> Every try. Two tries in 60 seconds. Every tackle. He'll take the tackle and get up again. Every big moment. The All Blacks going to score. They always had you before half-time. It's Rugby Direct, powered by Newstalk ZB. And Waikato. Waitomo Group Waikato take the Farah Palmer Cup for the first time. What a result that was, knocking over the four-time reigning champions, Canterbury. A remarkable result. They went so close last year, but they couldn't quite get the job done. Their coach is James Semple. James, you must still be on a high after lifting the Farah Palmer Cup for the first time. Oh, thanks very much, mate. Yeah, yeah, still buzzing. Um, still probably doesn't really feel real just now. Um, but, yeah, just super, super proud of the girls and what they were able to achieve this year and, yeah, just over the moon. 
you had to dig deep, obviously, personnel-wise, personnel missing uh, black ferns. You had to dig deep during the game as well. 13-3 deficit came back to that. What kind of culture have you got in this team, do you think, to be able to do those sort of things under pressure like that? Um, yeah, just the girls are really uh, really strong and really resilient. So we yeah try honing on that as much as we can. And we took a real big focus um, this season on, even last season as well. It's just on our men- mental game and um, believing in ourselves. Um, I think in the past, um, when I was assistant coach, we sort of, with the girls, um, knew, knew that we had the talent, but sometimes just maybe didn't believe and, um, yeah, just back ourselves. So we really tried to work on that. And the girl, credit to the girls, they really bought in and, and um, they were awesome yesterday. And, yeah, I think that proved that after we sort of went down straight away after that minute. And then just to keep our heads high and stick to the courses, outstanding. What lessons did you learn from that final last year where you were within essentially a breath of, of lifting the trophy that time around? Um, yeah, I've sort of answered, been asked this question a few times. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> um, but yeah, probably for myself, um, probably tried to coach too much last year for that final. And this year, pretty much just um, focus on that mental side and getting the girls to believe. And we didn't coach much at all this week, really, because the work's sort of done. The girls knew exactly what we wanted to do and what we needed to do on field. It was more just around having confidence and clarity um, with what we were trying to do. And yeah, just be really clear on that and believe in ourselves. Did the uh, changes during the week around alert levels, everything else like that, disrupt your preparation at all and having to, to be on the move and, and outside of Waikato? Oh, mate, it was a, she was a roller coaster of emotions last week. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess coming off an awesome performance this Wellington in the semi, so we're on a massive high. And then, yeah, I was driving over to Tauranga to see some family and then um, got the call that we're going into level three and, we're like, oh, well, maybe this game can't even go ahead. So you sort of come down on that and then, yeah, back up because we did get to play. But I think it was a blessing coming down on Thursday early um, to Christchurch and just not having to travel on that Friday and then also have the certainty that we were definitely going to play. So once we got down to Christchurch, it was, yeah, pretty pretty good from there. Where do you think this um, win sort of sets you up or sets Waikato's women's team up going in ahead in future years? A lot of young talent in that team, some black ferns to, to hopefully come back for, for next year's Farah Palmer Cup. Is it, how big could this win be for, for the, the region and, and the women's rugby there? Oh, I think it's just, yeah, it's sort of credit. Like obviously, a lot of work's gone into it from previous years of previous teams, previous coaches and stuff, and it's just credit to all of those hard sacrifices that, everyone's made to get us to where we are now and I guess now that we've got this first one across the line it probably just instills that belief um, for us moving forward to know that I've always said that we've got the best rugby players in the country um, and it's just getting us to believe and yeah just work on some of our decision making at times and um, yeah I think it's just yeah put us in good stead for the future I hope. How important do you think Super Rugby Opiki is going to be in terms of lifting the women's game even further in New Zealand? Yeah, oh, it's an awesome opportunity for lots of players to, yeah, I guess start getting um, a bit of get, getting paid as well, so um, and get to train a bit more professionally and stuff. So that's only going to help grow the game, and you can see what these girls have, can do with just uh, two nights a week. Um, imagine what they can do with a bit more of a full time um, sort of program. It would be amazing to see what sort of code they can play after that.
And in terms of yourself as well, obviously uh, having coached Waikato, what's in the future for, for you, James Simple? Over What are your aims, I suppose, as a, as a rugby coach going forward? I want to coach the All Blacks, mate. So just sort of try to get as much experience as I can. Um, yeah, and try try reach that goal one day. Um, but yeah, just try always just try to develop myself and just work on, on the areas that I need to work on and keep trying to grow. Um, but yeah, mate, that's the end goal. And yeah, hopefully I can achieve that one day. Rugby Direct, powered by Newstalk ZB. Lofty goals from James Semple, wanting to coach the All Blacks one day. Massive goal in mind, but boy, the way he's developed as a coach, you wouldn't put it past him achieving those goals in the future. Going to be fascinating to watch his coaching career play out, as well as Mac Ozic, who we spoke with uh, Malcolm a bit earlier on. Some really quality coaches coming through in New Zealand rugby at the moment, which is great to see. That about does us for Rugby Direct for another week. There are some tasty matchups in the Bunnings NPC. You can hear the games on Gold AM and iHeart Radio this weekend. You look at it, Northland Otago should be a cracker in Rotorua. Waikato Taranaki has a lot riding on it. Canterbury, Hawks Bay. Can Hawks Bay get that same sort of form that they've been getting at home when they go and face a fairly average sort of looking Canterbury side? Manawatu hosting Wellington from Palmerston North. And then Tasman Bay of Plenty Sunday afternoon. And what amounts to a friendly... I can't pick a favourite out of those. So my thing to watch this week is all the rugby. Focus on that. But I'm also looking forward to Season 3, Episode 1 of Succession. Comes out Monday night. And you can catch the next episode of Rugby Direct next Tuesday afternoon where we look forward to the All Blacks and the United States. It's 1874 Cup time. 